DJ, DJ. Hey, what's up, world? This is Ergo. It is. It is. I, that is, that is a fact. <laughs> I'm glad to know I'm in the right place. <laughs> this isn't where I parked my car. You're listening to Ergo here on WHBK, Ergo Radio. Every Thursday at noon, we bring you a strong young voice from the city, someone reshaping the culture for the more equitable and the more creative. I'm Kiss. I'm Dana. And uh, I'm feeling pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, man. You know, the world is spinning. I'm standing still. We're still here. I got a, we have, And we have a very special guest with us. But before we get to oh. him, you missed you miss it again? <laughs> I never do my homework. <laughs> Oh man, I like. I think that face actually. The reaction you just had, I can imagine being your teacher in like eighth grade. You're like, ah, I forgot it. You're like, I, I don't. It's like if I'm more angry about it than you are, then it's fine. But here are the community announcements that I got. Okay, go ahead. Um, we always like to plug the public newsroom series over at Bill Coffee, an experimental station. They have one this evening. That's Thursday evening. Uh, it's about journalists using polls and all kinds of stuff. Um, also tonight. Friend of the show, Lily B, has her uh, regular storytelling show at Roses over on the border of Logan Square Humboldt Park. Um, it's at, it's called The Stoop. Um, definitely come through, check that out. If not this time, next time. Uh, on Saturday in Pilsen, uh, the Hood Wazee, the other live news show, talk show and podcast that I do stuff with, uh, has our every two weeks we have our show. So we got one this Saturday. Look up the info, uh, Hood Wazee on Facebook. Also Saturday night, kind of after that, Avery R. Young is playing at the California Ooh, Clipper. Shout out to Avery. I ran into him last weekend. I'm sure he was very excited to he see you. Bought me some whiskey. That's a good friend. That's He's an a uncle. Great friend. That's he an is uncle, uncle right he there. Is. He's the, the super uncle. Shout out. And then lastly, on the second at Harrison Park, uh, for the People Artist Collective is doing their um, for the people, not the fourth barbecue. So go yeah. through, check that out. Well, um, when was the Rick Wilson? Did, did that happen already? It happened already. By the way, shout out to Rick Wilson. Shout out Rick always. So he was in a competition this past Monday at Shuba's. The winner got to open for the Roots. and uh, That happened? He young Rick Wilson won. Okay. All right. But did the Roots show happen already? No, that's on the 29th. Okay. Also, See? early plug. See? Also on the 29th, if you're tired of Rick Wilson or you just don't want to go to Chicago Ale Fest which is where that's at. Um, <laughs> I've been working uh, with Ergo alums, Eve Ewing and yep, Nate yep. Marshall and the Poetry Foundation and the National Museum of Mexican Art to put on the second annual Chicago Poetry Block Party. It's going to be a great event all day on the 29th. And sat- on, that's a Saturday with live music, live poetry performance, community organizations, tabling, whole bunch of surprises. Happy to announce our main headliner is Akenya. Shout out. Which we got to see her perform live when we went to Oberlin with her. And that was like the best live show I've ever seen in my life. Also had a great episode with her. For sure. You go back and uh, hit the archives. Check that out. Um, I do know the third, which is Monday, I believe. Monday, July 3rd. 3rd, uh, There's going to be a a, a gathering, uh, community kind of barbecue um, at the breathing room space, 1434 West 51st, um, the, the new space that Let Us Breathe is developing. Um, and, and the intention of it is to be an outreach or gathering for a new program, Man Up, Man Down, uh, which is going to also be a mentoring program at Hyde Park Academy. So if you know any young men who are going to be in ninth or 10th grade this year at Hyde Park Academy, uh, 
hit us up because there's a stipend involved. This is a, uh, an arts and, 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 and life mentorship group. So it'll be free studio time, writing workshops, um, all types of opportunities, a $280 stipend. Um, and it's also open to rising eighth graders from Fisk until elementary. Uh, so if y'all got any little cousins or any little homies uh, that are at High Park, Fisk or Till, please hit us up. How should they get in touch with you? Uh, you can you can just tweet Ergo Radio. Mm-hmm. That, that, th- that would work. Uh, you could also tweet Damon underscore AF. Uh, if you got my line, you can hit my line if you're my friend. If he has, <laughs> if, if he has your number saved, which is very... I, I have more numbers saved than, than, than you used to. Than I used to, than in the previous season. We can get into all that and more, but I want to bring in our long third... Time, oh, man. Long time friend wow. of, of the show. Very excited to have him up here. Shout you, out got any, you got any more adjectives? That's I feel like good enough for me. <laughs> He's a, an artist and a uh, member of this uh, Chicago Renaissance community for a long time. Uh, he just put out a tremendous project that I've been listening to all day. I'm excited to talk to him about that and more and all the other things he does in the city. Uh, we always introduce the guests, but I want to change it. Why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's that's ooh, ooh that's fancy. Uh, <laughs> What's up? Uh, my name is George Michael. Bro, bro, Ooh, I like Don that Demarco. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not the just to clarify, not the the original '80s George Michael. No, no, no. I wish though, like he had some hits. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely gave me some like songs that people would be like, "Oh, are you George Michael?" Like, oh, I love. I, no, not Kelly's Whisper. That wasn't. I think that was. George I'm gonna be Michael. honest. My George Michael knowledge is very limited. I, only know. I know more about you than I know about him. I never even realized that that your name is is I never like say it like that. I think I say Mikhail. Yeah, like that was, see that was that's why to be honest, I wasn't gonna say this is why I had you introduce yourself. I didn't know how you wanted it to be pronounced. Yo, it's all good. Like people say Jorge Michael, uh George Yeah, Mi- shout out Mikkel. to the J. Like the J like let's, t- let's start there. Let's talk there. Okay. Where did the J George come from? That 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 feels I, very intentional. I that it was very intentional as far as like my artist changed name. Like I used to go by Slick G when I was like in middle school. And I remember growing shout out up. To the early rap names. Man, <laughs> shout out. Oh, I'm not going to give you my early, early Please rap, do. man. No. Please do. No. I'll, th- I'll throw out there. So I started writing raps when I was like eight or nine. Like I had a whole book. Like I had this little, like, little mixtape mm-hmm. just in a notebook. Um, I was a little D then. And then, Could be then, worse. then I got up to D dub. Could be worse. Check oh. me you could have been from the West Coast, low key. Yeah, yeah, that's like, yeah. but I'm still not going to give you like. No, I was, I, was, I was vulnerable. I was 12. Yes. I, I used to watch cartoons. Yes. I used to watch Danny Phantom, so I'm going to let you guess from there, and then we're going to cut it off there. But Georgie Phantom? Oh, no. God, thank Can God, you please... no. You got to do it. <laughs> Look, Add a little to that Phantom. That's little it. Little Phantom? <laughs> that that's, was, that's hot. That was not hot. <laughs> it was It was a P-H. It was a F-A-N-T-O-M. Like, okay. no, it was but not But I high. like that you just... David made that claim, and you I strongly disagree. <laughs> about, like I was at like like a congressional hearing or something. No, you're out of order. No, no. So All right, let's get to the J though. J. Uh, I used to grow. I grew up in Roseland, uh, and I used to go to CICS Prairie. So it was like very black and brown in my class. So everyone used to, like all the uh, Hispanics. Uh, Hispanic girls would be like, "Oh, hey, Jorge," and it was like. You know, you play with that, and you like they would play in my name with like uh they would play with my name like that, like Jorge, and then just like make fun of me for that. But it was still cool. Like I tried to learn a little Spanish. You there. think they were like little kid flirting with you? No, 
<laughs> no, my head was still too big. My head was still too big for my body. So one, then. your name was not hot explicitly, and and they definitely were not flirted with you. you nah, know, sure. nah, but but nah. Do you out. feel like you've grown? Like you, your body's grown into your head. Is mm-hmm. that what you're the claim? Congratulations! And and the beard, the beard helps the, show like not how big yeah. the head is. You know? Yeah, and like, you're also like freeway adjacent with the beard. <laughs> you're the nah, first. Oh my you, god! If you wow. shave, if you shave the mustache, that's a freeway beard. Wow, it's not that. that's it's a not Philly that beard. man. Philly. <laughs> Man, Philly he got, beers. He got some work to do before, before we start. Trust me, like Philly beers are place. like real, like yeah. they're ready for the winter. Shout out. <laughs> like, but not nah, like Rose. Philly like, dudes are ready to hibernate. Is what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we we got moving real fast. Let's uh let's let's ground ourselves a little bit as we like to do. Um, how is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world in this time? World's treating me all right. Like work, work is good. The project is out finally. Like. Uh, the reception and response from it uh, is always like you always think of one thing, but then it's just like you get the reality of it. And it's like people at my job, I work at Experimental Station, shout out them. Like we were working yesterday and one of our coworkers was playing my album when I walked in. And I'm like, I immediately did a 180 out the room <laughs> and they turned it up. And I'm like, like, did they see you do the 180 or did they you like, saw me do the 180? Uh, and was you, like, you why'd know, you do the 180? I'm still kind of like getting used to like people playing the music, not to be on some ego type stuff, mm-hmm. but just like people playing the music in front of me. And it's like, yo, I love the, I love the, uh, I love the music. And it's like, uh, it's like, it's still a part of your world now. Like it used to be like a little hobby, but then like now everyone yeah, knows it's public, and it's yeah. like, you know, everyone's kind of showing that they actually either really support it and it's just something different. You know what I'm saying? It's that funny feeling of like, you kind of can't tell whether everyone knows about it or no one knows about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, cause you don't want to walk around like with the assumption that people know about it, but also like, then you're always surprised when people do it's, it. Yeah. It's that weird tension. Cause, and also it's like, I'd imagine in your circle, like at your office, like people know you put out a project. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of this like, we think about it like when you quote, like make it, then people are playing your music when you walk by or whatever. But it can even just be like with your friends. It still feels super weird, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah, Almost weirder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But then like the world's treating me right. I'm trying to treat the world a better place, you know, just do more than what I can. Yeah. Before, before I get into a question, I, I just want to like say up top, like, not only congratulations, but I'm really proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> like I, you know, I, I one can like identify with the tension. I think we kind of like minimize, especially up here because we have so many artists up here. What it really means to like, you know, been doing this craft for a while and actually like have a tangible product to put out and content that is that is packaged in a way. Um, and I've been seeing you work and like you know every time I check in, how you doing? How's the music going? You're like man, I'm working on it. Um, and to get it done, like I'm I'm really happy for you. Uh, and then also I was really like moved, like you know I listened to it and bumping and, and, it, and it's, it's dope. Uh, but I was really moved by the like the the dedication or like the, the like, kind of the open letter you wrote to the community and kind of the specifics of it. Um, so you kind of shouted out a lot of squad and family, a lot of folks we've had up here, a lot of folks consider friends. How how has the reception been from those specific people that you dedicated this piece to, and uh, and, and how did they respond and receive that? Well, first off, thank you. I appreciate oh, it man, a lot, love, man. man. A soup like so much, man. Um, the reception has been like from the people like in that letter. Like I wanted to like, 
I'm a real like I used to look at like the thread and like hip hop album covers like how like they would have like three pages for like m- the family like one side of the family <laughs> and then like another two pages for the dad side you know? <laughs> so it was like for me I wanted to like really like show and really like put out that there really is like no I in team and it really does take a village like you know what I'm saying like it's a lot of people. Village. Hmm? <laughs> it really no, there is. All I thought I said is it, 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 it takes a village. Like it takes a village. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm just being. <laughs> oh man, but no, it's like a lot of people like inspired me, and a lot of people still inspire me. Inspire. It's <laughs> All right, two of them. Let's stop. Oh my god! Yeah. See, no, we don't. See, you don't have to try I'm to like, find words like, I in it. <laughs> that would be so hard. If it I'm literally gonna go the whole episode with no eyes. Um, can't even see me. <laughs> wow. All right. See, All right. I'm gonna reel this words. back in. Oh, uh, but not. I'm the one reeling. Yeah. After <laughs> <laughs> on, but so, yeah. uh, it's t- like a lot of people inspired me as far as like being a musician and as far as being a person, like being a better person in like the community that we in. And, um, you know, just even like the small things of like, yo, go listen to, you know, hiatus coyote or go listen to common, go listen to these type of people and listening to those people that they suggested really inspired me. And I got to give credit to what credit is due. So I always try to, you know, let people and let people know, I appreciate them a lot because, uh, yeah, I just really want to let people know how much they pre- I appreciate them and how much they mean to me as far as like inspiration and as far as like you know helping me put out this project. So. Is it easier to show that appreciation in a song than it is to like say it to their face? No, because that's got to be a really like you got to make a good song. Like, <laughs> like you just can't have like you got to have good point. like. <laughs> Man, um, but yeah, not worse than like get like a appreciation track that you don't like. Yeah, it's like it's like shout out my mom, rock on. Like you got to make it sound cool. Like oh, that's very funny. But uh, I think so. Really, mm, why yeah. I ask that question is because I'm wondering whether there are people who you know, as as Damon alluded to, this is something you've been working on for a long time, and I know a lot of these relationships in the city go back you know damn near a decade at this point. Like, are there people? Who and, and relationships change over ten years. So there are people who you appreciate and can include in this who maybe you don't currently have, maybe not from a falling out, but just in general have as close of a relationship with in your day to day at this point. Yeah, definitely. Like even people I didn't get to put on the like letter that I put out, just I still appreciate them, and no matter what, like I still care about them. Like some of the like i'll be honest i didn't mean to i didn't put the producers in the thank you list which is messed up but i paid them they got the proper credit in the album you feel me but uh it's like people who i may not talk to like on the day-to-day basis i still got love for or people who i may not be friends with anymore i still think about them you know like yeah i may not be able to talk to them but i still think about them and i still care about them and what they did for me as far as like a friend and i think that's something i, I was excited to talk to you about even more than like the music or the art that i would face and stuff uh you know from jumping sam i want to have you up here because i think you of the folks in our community and in the city you are very intentional and very sincere with how you show love, right? Like there'll be some time, it was like a time, like a few months ago, like we just happened to be like on the street. I saw you coming out of experimental station or something. Mm-hmm. And like, you just stopped me. And like, we just had like a good, like 
20 minute conversation that was very, very sincere and very loving. So I appreciate you for that. But also just like, um, how do you keep, cause you seem to always have that like positive, very outward loving energy. Does that feel comfortable? How, or do you kind of trace where that comes from? How are you able to maintain that like real humanity, that real like life centered force within you? It's almost like something about the person I may run into. Like if I run into both, like I ran into Daniel last year at a farmer's market and it's just like, oh my God, it's Daniel. I like, <laughs> it's almost like I may get a sense of like joy or may get like that sense of like surprise that I didn't see this person in a long time. So it's like, let me catch up with them. Like you never know uh, when's the next time you'll see, be able to see a person or get to know how they feel. So it's that type of like, I guess it's more empathy that I feel when I mm. see somebody. And it's like, wanna shout know out how to they empathy. Feel. Yeah. Shout out empathy. <laughs> what I'm hearing, and it like what you're describing is what I try to do too. And it's why I think, like, even though we haven't known each other for that long, we've gotten along really well from jump and like have hung out a couple times and stuff like that. I think it goes to something that we've talked about a little bit up here, which is that both of us kind of struggle with small talk. Mm. And, yep. Um, you seem comfortable with the small talk. You hop right in it. It's one of those things you just like, <laughs> you may know like someone's not in that mood. Like you could sense it a little bit, like you, or you feel it. And it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? You good? You want something to eat? Yeah. You good? All right, cool. Bad. Are you on your way to work? All right, cool. See you. And then it's those other people who, you know, you'll have 15, 20 minute conversations about one thing. And it's like, I'm up for it. I'm like down to listen. Like I like listening mm-hmm. to people and like kind of knowing. I think one thing I'm also learning now is just like, yes, I may be able, I may be able to listen to you, but I don't want to enter like put my opinion about your life and what you're going through in and what you're yeah. going through. You know what I'm saying? Like you just want someone to talk. You want someone to hear you out. And that's one thing that I'm learning more is like not just being like, oh, well, here's my opinion about what you yeah, So what where you are you do. learning that? What are some examples? How does that come up? Uh, I think what you said is very astute. It's like the difference between trying to fix something and just receive something. Mm-hmm. It comes from just. It comes from, I think, uh, like personal experiences and just per, like friends of ours that we both know went through certain situations and. Mm-hmm someone will step in and I try to give my opinion and they're like, yo, they, yo, don't, don't do that. They're just trying to, they need someone to talk to. Like, yeah. you know, so, and I would say, I would, I think one person in particular I'm thinking of now is like Dominique Cheston, like mm-hmm. her, like she really, uh, gotta get her up here. she may not have, we may not know each other a long time or like talk to each other a lot, but whenever I see her, whenever I talk to her, like it's something about her and what she tells me, I really like soak in and listen to. Mm-hmm. So, are there any, this model of listening and very empathetic listening, which I respect and am aiming for, you know, up here and off the air. Are there any things that are, have been hard for you in like keeping that up? Cause it, it, it can be a challenge to just the, there's just a lot of people in the world going through a lot of shit. So how do you, to, to Damon's point about maintaining, like, has that been tricky for you? Uh, maintaining like a kind of like a positive we're just maintaining that connect connectiveness to people because sometimes like for me at least personally i won't project like it works in spurts right Mm -hmm. like i have like a few weeks where i feel like super like plugged into the into the root system and like i'm connected (laughs) with everybody and then like it gets to the point where like it's too much and then i have to like unplug and i'm still like in spaces with people but i'm like separated from them in my head yeah 
is it hard for you to like stay plugged into the root system? It is. It's it's like you said, it's someone trying to talk to you about something and you kind of bear like that weight, that emotional weight. And sometimes you like you said, you just need to be kind of like by yourself sometimes. Like you need your own time. Like shout out Simone, uh a friend of mine, uh Simone, we recently talked and she was like, Sometimes I just need my space. Like we we work together and she's always like very we we communicate a lot about like how we feel in the morning. Like, do you need to drink water? Do you need to do this and that? It's just like being very communicative about like how you feel and how they may feel and just knowing like, oh, you need your space. I'll let you go. Like, talk to me whenever you want to talk to me. And when you're ready, just hit me up. And like, giving like the small talk or the small dialogue of like, hey, how you doing? Oh, you feeling fine? Cool. And just going from there. So, How is this, like, how does this factor into how the music making process has gone? Because I know it's like Damon said, it's something you've been working on for a long time. First of all, like, how long has this project in any form been in the works? It's my first album. So... And I'm 25, so I've been working on this since I was like 21. Like the first song I got was Southside, produced by Rashid Hadi, and that was like I met him in, when I went to school, and I met him accidentally because I didn't know he was Rashid Hadi. He was like, "Yo, I'm a producer. Like, yo, send me something," and he sent me uh, a beat, and it was the Rashid Hadi Gmail, and I'm like. Yo, like I didn't know it was you because he worked with like a lot of my big mentors, like Prime Meridian. He recently just worked on Fashion's album, mm. a song with him, Nas, and Aloe Black. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> so like for like since 2000, since like 2012, 2013. So when you when you hear your voice on a song from like 2012, what does your voice sound like to you now? It sounds like. Na- like a lot of nasal <laughs> talk a lot of like you're trying to project something and it's not not that i didn't like it it just didn't feel like genuine whenever i listen back so i re-record with my homie lee uh at his studio back in like roseland or like beverly so we were we re-record a lot of songs to really make sure like the message is there not only in like the lyrics but then also in like the voice and like how i project and how i like say my like lines yeah yeah it seems like like to show the learning process or to just to do something over a period of time like that. I don't know. We were talking about like in Kendrick Zane Lowe interview, he talks about like between the last album and this, he made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs that mm-hmm. people will never hear that were like just for him to process things. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine that over those four years, there've probably been a lot of other songs that have been made. Man, it's just been like a, uh, like a couple songs. Like mm-hmm. if I would like estimate maybe like 30, 40 songs. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time where you like, I might not do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and then no. Like there are were times where I'm like, you know, as 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 any other artist, whether you're a poet, whether you're a rapper or anything, like you go through like the finance situations of like, yo, I need to pay for studio time or I need to pay for like publishing and stuff like that. And then then you get real frustrated because you know you're broke and stuff like that. And yeah, those times I wanted to quit, but then it's just like the inspiration from others. Like I see like people like Chance move or Vic move or Saba move or Mick move, like seeing how they like come from like recording in the basement to like on MTV. It's like, it seems it's very tangible and it's very possible to see and not just know not to give up. Yeah, I think this it kind of perfectly takes me 
to something that I think we've actually come up short so far on the show in, which is obviously he gets mentioned and shouted out and appreciated, but we haven't really like made the space to talk about brother Mike explicitly. Yeah. Um, so before we get into kind of legacy and stuff like that, for someone who didn't know him I, as I didn't coming in, like right before he passed into the city, like how would you describe who he was? He brother Mike was brother Mike was like the older homie, mm-hmm. like big brother type of type of guy. Like he'll like invite you into like the U media or DYN space. And then, like, show you, like, this Nikki Giovanni poem and have you write something. Then he'll still, he'll roast you for your sneakers. Or, like, <laughs> he'll still, like, kind of. Which I bet Nikki Giovanni does, too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet if you wore some, like, trash shoes right oh my God. what are those? If what are those were happening back then, that would be the funniest poem ever. Like, what are those? <laughs> Ronald Reagan, what are those? <laughs> Yeah, his sneaker game was trash. Oh my god! But like, <laughs> he was that guy. Like, he was the guy like that put you on to new things and like, really, he has a line in the outro that I have like about like unlocking human potential. Mm. And he was one of those people that really like helped you look into yourself and really said like, "Yo, you are good at something. You may not be good wearing sneakers, but you're good at writing poems, or you're good at." producing you're good at something and try to focus and practice your craft like Mm. he was one of those type of influences so in all of the ways that he is mythologized or paid tribute to in the city like what do you think is missing from that story um or what are the ways that you see him being misrepresented at least in your memory misrepresented of my i don't think Maybe think, not misrepresented, but but where there, are there holes in, yeah. in in the story? I don't think there's any holes. It's like I'm gonna be honest. Someone, I think Rach Jackson said it the best. Like he was like Dumbledore. Like <laughs> as much as much trash or like anything what people try to say, it's like it's one side of the story. But like from all of us growing up in those spaces, like there was no holes missed as far as like people talking about Brother Mike, even from like people like Phnom and like the Poetry Chicago collective that he had. Everyone had nothing but great words to say about him and told all the stories, like told all like the the OG, triple OG lyricist law stories to like you media lyricist law to like El Tab, to anything. Like everyone can give you, anyone who knew him can definitely give you a story. Do you, so that's the internal, right? And mm-hmm. I know people have those stories, but in terms of, and I don't know why I'm fishing for this. I think it's maybe something that I've like been kind of sensing and I, maybe it's a confirmation bias that I'm looking for, mm-hmm. but it feels to me like there are moments of erasure in terms of like when the story of this Renaissance is told to the world, his name might be mentioned, um, but he's not necessarily given the credit as a mentor um, or it's like in passing. Yeah. And for folks, you know, I'm not, I think like for people who are successful in quotes in the music industry, they give him, you know, chance giving him his due, of course, with Mike and all that. But in terms of like all of the other people who maybe aren't professional musicians, the same way we talk about LTAB or we talk about, you know, uh, Gallery 37 folks who might not be professional musicians, but these spaces were really important for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like the just communal importance of you media gets told or, or, or gets amplified? I think it gets told. I don't think it gets as amplified as 
or even like given the proper kind of like love that we had at that moment because everyone who went to U Media definitely like definitely can talk about U Media and talk about the stories mm-hmm. that we had there. And then I'll be honest, like the last time I went to U Media was a couple months ago just to like check in or like I still communicate with the mentors there, like yeah, yeah. the librarians there. And they say it's been it's still good, but it's like it's almost like an era. Like I think we we talked earlier about mm-hmm. like eras and how like some eras kind of just kind of like go to an like properly like properly have a cur- like a closed curtains type mm-hmm. of ending. And I think you media didn't necessarily have like the proper like closing curtains mm-hmm. era with the lyricist with lyricists off. Now yeah. know that there they is all a, kinds of other programming stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Now know there is a new era as far as like flow on Wednesdays that they have. And I think Huey Gang uh host is host that as well. And they still get people going in and like they still have the the old studio that we used to record in and people still go there. Like it's I think for what I'm what I'm gonna answer it to is like I think you media does get like the recognition that it deserves. And I think with some of us being the older cats that used to go there, we still tell like high school kids, like go to you media, yeah. go there. Like that's where chance. It's what, the easy when, answer. Of, like, how can I get involved? It's the best like entry point into this. Right. Know? It's more, And it's more like passing the torch and not mm. just like, it's not just like holding on to something. It's more like, having to let it go and give it to someone you know is going to be responsible for the future of it and i know like even going there like the last couple months ago seeing the kids there like they really take advantage of the space and they really you know upgrade it and really like make it what we what we used to have it as you know Mm. so so let's take a break catch our breath and uh hear a song this is off the project this is art i went with this one i like this song man shout out self severe and he's a or they're they're the producer for this, Sev Severe? Yeah, he's a producer. He did work with Defsy. Word. Check it out. We'll be right back here on Ergo WHBK, ergoradio.com. You are listening to WHBK Airgo Radio. I saw Rally to spread the peace out. It went to a crib, it got killed in the same hour. This verse is a mirror, your name should ring louder. And who got life figured out? I'm on the buster and the whip is called a different route. A little slower, but you seeing what I'm keeping out. From Halstead to Michigan, you be all the sound. Homie, take a look around. are listening to WHPK Airgo Radio. Land of the Lincolns, job opportunities, you needed more than your LinkedIn. Influx the minimum. 
minimum wage, we need some Lincoln. Paid on Friday, you never made it through the weekend. Peeping the inner bleeding, building a new Chicago. Nah, it's been a hoax. Around closing everything, ain't no giving hope. She the unit of our peoples like we live in joking. Closing down 50 schools, treat us like it's inner scope. Inner quotes, went from Wookiee to Mabel. Maybelline no make stories even when told from a fable. We see that horseshit, but we far from the hang in the stable. Funny how we die and then we go back right straight to the cradle. It's funny how we say to live, live fast, die, young. And maybe that's the reason they won't make to 21. My homie did a robbery, said it was for his funds. When he got caught with the cops, he said it was for the fun. Like, 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 like. This is Ergo, WHBK, ErgoRadio.com. Yeah. Man, I just got some radio y over here. Yeah. Uh, I liked that drop in the middle, by the way. I'm definitely going to use that for other stuff. <laughs> that was pretty good. We got to step up our drop game. Yeah, yeah, we're lacking. That was art off of Soliloquy, George Michael's new project. You can definitely grab that at George. his website and the SoundCloud, and it's on iTunes, I believe. It will be this weekend. Okay. We, it will be this weekend. Are you going to put it up on like the streaming site situation? Yeah, me and Jay-Z just talked like yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're gonna oh, you're like getting the, the title exclusive? We're going to give the title exclusive. <laughs> you're going to be the bonus track for his... First of all... That's tomorrow. Right? Why, is yes. that, why aren't everyone going crazy about the fact we're getting a new Jay-Z album People tomorrow? were going kind of crazy. The why internet's been going crazy. All right, let me stop rejecting. Why haven't I been going crazy about the wow. fact that there's not a new Jay-Z album tomorrow? I'm very excited about that. I, th- I think we're still like... You know, we've had a long relationship with Jay-Z. Yeah. And he can... Like male partners can do, can be disappointing. <laughs> so I think we're still like reeling a little right. bit from like enjoying and appreciating, but being slightly disappointed from his last go round. Right. So I think we're trying to like temper our excitement because I think he we can get too excited. So you gotta like control it. One of my favorite Jay Z moments is when Magna Carta Holy Girl come out and he ranked his albums and he was yeah. like, "Yeah, this is my fourth best album." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a real like, oh, you're not. I like the lack of insecurity. Anyway. So speaking of Jay-Z. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Nah, but um, I, I want to go, you know, back a little bit um, to like, you know, where you came up in the city, uh, what was home was like, and your, you know, how that pushed you or entered you uh, towards like your creative outlets. Cool. Uh, so yeah, where was, uh, where was home? Home was born by a river in a little tent. Um, <laughs> nah, I grew up in like the Roseland area, mm-hmm. uh, like far, like kind of like not south side, but like a little bit far south side, like in the hundreds, like mm-hmm. wild hundreds. And like mom, mom and dad, four kids. Uh, it was. Where yeah. are you in the in the child order? Speaking of ranking, I'm top three. <laughs> I, I, I'm the third. I'm the third. Uh, nah, uh, older brother. Uh, older sister young me than the younger sister and like the home was really like music was definitely like the background like mm-hmm. background music for what are, like two albums that were always playing Man, on your parents stereo i can't even say like specific albums i or can artists. say what was playing like mm-hmm. herb kent was okay. playing like, okay like mom listened to herb kent my father listened to like uh rock music so like for those who are maybe outside of the city listening or just don't know like herb kent is a pivotal figure in the city in Chicago radio and the lineage of, who, who is Herb Kent? How would you describe him? Herb Kent was and still is the god of yeah. like I can't even I don't want to say oldies music, but he was like very like soul. Yeah. And he had like played like 
of course, Isley Brothers, Earth, Wind, and Fire. So he's like um, been on the radio forever in the city, and like has the perfect radio presence for like it could be for your car, it could be for the barbecue, it could be for when you're with your friend. Like and when he had Herb the, Ken's voice, it's just perfect. He had the voice, man. Herbie like, baby, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the on B one hundred three, like Herb all cold. that. Like her was the man. Like her was yeah. the god. Like. He had the longest run ever. Like, so his show, like the last few years, would be like the super old Dusty. So it'd be like the, the shy lights and stuff like that. <laughs> but it was cold because he was on the radio when those were, when those were like the new edgy things. <laughs> so like he he is like probably the only DJ to like play old school from having played it as a contemporary, like the That's whole way through. Cool, yeah. He played it when it was new school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think about like that continuity, right? So he's been doing that what, 40 years, 50 years at this point? You well, he passed. Like, yeah. Yeah. He was, that's yeah. what I mean. He, yeah. <laughs> the point was, but up until he put, like, he was still on the radio. And high energy. Like, and then like I'm thinking 90. about, like, also then Studs Terkel being on the radio over 45 years in Chicago. Like, this, the continuity of people doing this for so long and, like, seeing the city change and, like, being on a microphone. It's just... It's crazy. I, I like radio. Is in what Chicago. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he was playing in the crib. Like I said, my mom, my mom played soul, like, and my father played rock and my older brother... He was like six years ahead of me, so he was playing like 112, DMX, Big Pond, um, Eminem, and like Aaliyah, because he used to like play piano, like mm-hmm. my older brother, and he was trying to learn more about hip hop. He was playing like LL Cool J Headsprung. I'm not gonna lie, like man, Damon just sat down. Now he's gonna have to get up. <laughs> like LL Cool J, y'all. Like. We have to play accidental races on here at some point. Everyone needs I to put know. it in the have you, have you heard? I've oh, heard, unfortunately, and please don't like. Okay, we won't put it in. Your it's outro. in the outro. Which episode was that? Recently. Yeah. This was uh, Slime. In the Slime episode, <laughs> if you don't know why we say that every week. And just like put a shirt on, uh, stop licking your lips, and the bars were whack. But. Headsprung was a, was a banger. I'm not going to lie. And my mom loved that song. But it also was an accidental banger. Like, wh- where is a hit LL Cool J record coming in like 2003? Anyway. Wow. But, <laughs> but, but so that's the music in the house. I'm, but what I always like to ask is beyond just like the songs, like when you step out of your door as an eight-year-old, let's say, like what are, the, what are the sights, what are the sounds, what are the smells of your block of your neighborhood that you remember? The block was just... The block was like a half and half type of situation. Like I grew up, we all had like the, we had our community. We always had our block clubs, block parties and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But then on the other side, when you, I was on 107th and Eggleston right on the corner. And then right when you crossed that corner, it was just like kids stole, like the kids stole our basketball rim when uh, we left the crib twice. Like when I was like eight or nine years old. So It was that type of Did they of take the backboard with it or just the Oh, room? yeah. They took the backboards. Okay. They took the weights. They were slam dunking on it. Like, they were like, yo, like, y'all ain't playing. Like, y'all ain't hooping like we are. Mm-hmm. But well, the, like, well, currently, no, because you have the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, like, the neighborhood was one of those, like, you know, some people kept to themselves. Some people were really friendly. Mm-hmm. And, like, you always had, like, the mo- like the mother sitting on the stoop like mm-hmm. making sure you're not doing anything wrong or not getting in trouble so yeah. it was that type of vibe and then like my cousins lived down the street so would always see my cousins and like they live like across the tracks like near Wentworth and if you know anything about like crossing the tracks like on 107th it was just like it was you would literally pass by like people like doing stuff like that like exchanges and 
I like that Situa- term for it. Exchanges. Exchanges, exchanges but, and but situations. I think this is like a good example of like the the hyperlocal, like invisible lines that people learn when they grow up in the city. Um, at what point were you always like going out into into other parts of the city with your family as a kid? Or at what point did you start kind of branching out beyond the neighborhood, behind Roseland, beyond Roseland? Well, I turned like maybe 13 or 14 and I started getting into like DYN and di- which is digital youth network, mm-hmm. uh, which was like an after school program that taught you about like technology and audio and stuff like and that. That was kind of the predecessor to coming into contact with you media. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like most of the me- uh, mentors who worked at like digital youth went to like you media, like brother Mike, my mentor, Raphael and Simeon from the prime meridian. Um, and it kind of like, it's almost like, if you ever watched like Digimon, it Digivolved from like DYN <laughs> to U Media. Um, but that's our first Digimon uh, analogy. I'm not, not mad at they're it. They're not rocking with Digimon. But <laughs> but to answer your question, it was I had like, Digimon beef. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. I was just like I was just a big Pokemon guy, and I just I didn't like I didn't like redos and copies and like the same reason why I didn't like Little Romeo is the same reason why I didn't like Digimon. It's like Bow Wow's already doing this, you know? <laughs> but he didn't have a TV show. Pokemon had a TV show. But put right, the cards, it was just like we're gonna just do the whole thing. We would have we would have been like at odds. Do you have a defense of Digimon? Uh, was it was it better? I I'm willing to, to change my position fifteen years later. Man, until like I they need to be like Romeo and like get some like potato chips or something, like get the get the wrap snacks. <laughs> but um it was like 13 or 14 i started venturing out like going to like high park and then going downtown and being a part of like after school matters mm-hmm. and going there and then venturing up north to wicker and then going to like yca on tuesdays and going to U media on wednesdays and going to urban sandbox mm-hmm. and on thursdays and just yeah know, i mean these really- are a lot of like familiar names and spaces and people that we, we've talked about a little bit but i think one thing that when we were talking before the show really stuck out was before it was like formally part of you media. You were saying that the DYN space was on 47th, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about how even in so many of the examples we give, you know, either it's downtown or YCA being in Wicker Park. And a lot of what we're seeing is that even when there's investment in young people, it's still not investment in them where they live. Um, and even this wasn't where you live. You know, you were living, you know, you were still getting on the train and that's a far ride. But um, I was just thinking about how impactful it would be if all these things were not, you know, an hour train ride or like, like Nate, who lives in the talks about like he and Jose who both now work there would like drive an hour and a half each way to get to YCA back and forth. Like what, what happens if you make these things even more accessible? It would be crazy. Like even with Damon talking about like the letters bleep brief collective mm-hmm. and the house that they have now is like, that's going to be crazy to see. Right. And seeing like, other entities um in other spaces be more focused on like being south and like yeah. being walks away from the crib right it's still impactful as if it was downtown but then it's even more impactful knowing that it's going to be more of a community type of yeah, kind of thing yeah it sends a different message right mm-hmm. i think of like it's not just you're invited in it's not just like you're allowed in this big library or this big museum or this building up north it's like this is for you right <laughs> we're making this for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. So I, I think it actually, I will come back to the, to the timeline as we, we get closer to the end, but I think that idea of accessibility actually brings me to the work that you do outside of the music stuff, which I really wanted to make sure we had time to talk about. Yeah. Um, just because 
like I'm a food systems nerd <laughs> slash food related organizing brain. Um, and so I want to, first of all, like what, what do you do at experimental station with the, with the farmers markets and in general? So, well, first I'll shout out to Keith and Corey Chapman, the Chapman brothers for letting me beep, 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 beep. Uh, be able to do this interview during work. So, <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it was, it was, That's key. that was, they know. Like, so they're getting their money's worth now. That's like a few hundred people who now know about their work more. <laughs> so there you go. It was worth it. So I work with the nonprofit called Experimental Station and they have like an art incubator, which hold, uh, holds a lot of other different entities like mm-hmm. uh, Invisible Institute, uh, Southside Weekly, Southside Weekly, City Bureau, uh, Build Coffee, and one of those programs is called Link Up Illinois, and we uh, we provide EBT Link, which is like EBT Link Snap Cards mm-hmm. uh, access to several farmers markets across the city of Chicago. So I do outreach for them. I go to the different locations and set up there. Uh, so I'm at like Westside Austin Town Hall Thursdays, uh, Saturday I'm Downtown Division. Wednesdays I'm going to be at back in the hundreds at Leviso Elementary. So if, y- if y'all weren't there, if you weren't at these markets, would folks not be able to use Link and Snap to buy vegetables there? Right. We wouldn't right. be there. So that's wild. Even though it's a state-run thing and a lot of these farmers markets are actually part of like a city operation, the only way that folks can use um, you know, federal-funded food access uh, at a public market is through kind of this private partnership, right? Right. So that's pretty wild. How... Uh, How'd you end up in that role? And what, what are some of the like unique surprises about that job? What do you love to see? What do you like about the job? Man, uh, quick rundown. I've been working at Farmer's Market since I was nine. My father's been part of the program, Farmer's Market system for years and years. As a consumer, as a farmer, in what role? Farmer, seller, really? vendor, all what's, that. What's he grow? Uh, he actually has his own garden now further south. Uh, mm. But he's been working with different like systems like Ellis Family Farms from Benton Harbor, Michigan, Bread man, I think he's local. But he has his um, own farm now. He has yeah. his own garden now. Yeah, so we're working on that. That's so rough. So, Where is it at? Uh, it's further south. I'm not gonna give up the location. One, because <laughs> okay. I one because he actually <laughs> hasn't t- taken me there yet, but he's been working on it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we, he's been working there, and then I kind of like stepped in when I was nine, just working, yeah. trying to earn some money, and then like more recently, like three years ago, I worked with him and. Corey Chapman, who runs uh, Link Up Illinois, uh, well, he helps run Link Up Illinois. He saw me. He was like, "You want to, you want to work a job with us?" Like, mm-hmm. sure. Like, yeah, and it's a good gig, you know. Yeah, definitely. And it helped with the making of the album. Um, in what in what sense? In one sense, you mean having a little bit of cash, a little bit, yeah, like, and yeah. like the connections, even with there. But then the stuff that I see is like you see a lot at a farmers market, mm-hmm. whether it's up north, out south, like you see. Even downtown at Daily Plaza, you run into like people you wouldn't expect to yeah. use Link. You would like, unfortunately, I have to say, like, you see like the the you see people from like me- with a little bit of mental health issues still mm-hmm. roam the market and try to get some food mm-hmm. or at least work with a vendor to earn some money to get some cash and some food. Um, and it's just like uh, you see a lot. You see like businessmen. You see people. Yeah. You see classmates. You see friends. Yeah. And it's just something different. Like, and even like you see also the benefits. You see people who used to like not be overweight, but just be not in the uh, physical health that they wanted to be in. Three years later, they're like doing runs along the lake and like yeah. eating apples and pears and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. you see that type of change can affect someone with a link card and 
the access that we have. You know? Yeah, the accessibility, I mean, that's key, right? Because there are a lot of places, maybe less so in Chicago, but I started working markets in New York and there's this, like all kinds of programs that people just don't know about. And so I think like the the outreach piece of it is so key. I mean, you said we ran into each other at the Logan Square Farmers Market where I work selling yeah. vegetables. And we have, I think it's through y'all, the like double value program. Yep. So basically, this is actually a great public service announcement. If you have Link um, and you come to that market or there's a few other ones, right? That do yeah. double value. It's on City of Chicago's uh, website and it's also Chicago's Farmers Market dot, uh, US, I believe. So if you spend money from your Link on produce, you get that same amount or some equivalent back to spend on more produce. Right. So basically you double your money if you're buying fresh food using your link card. So tell your grandma, tell your aunt, tell your uncle, tell your family, like this is a great way to get healthy food and and, and double the value of it. So that's just a PSA on my part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for you, and also if you're wondering why Damon hasn't spoken, he's having a little bit of... uh, health issues so he just stepped out of the studio for a second i didn't want you to anyone to think that we like boxed him out or something like that. oh yeah nah i hope he feels all right we'll get him some fresh so, fruit yeah absolutely the pear and the apple that, that it, it can't hurt but for you in thinking about like the way that you wrote a love letter to to your community and your city um with this project i'm, I'm thinking about you know I love what I love about the market is how human it feels, right? Like you yeah. see the person who grew that food, give it to someone who's going to eat that food. And that is a beautiful thing. And it feels like a way to make a process that has been deadened uh, at the supermarket and in distribution systems living again. Um, how has that informed, not even just your music making being in those spaces, but just like how you approach the world? Because the the kind of empathetic listening that you were talking about up top, like, that's a hard thing to craft. Do you think that being, whether it's on a far around the soil or at the market, like has helped shaped that piece of you? Um, I will say a lot of it comes from like my dad, like mm-hmm. learning that system of like community and developing relationships that mm-hmm. way. Like even seeing him like at markets, knowing, you know, he knows who's going to come and who's yeah. going to like be able to support him and who's going to buy fruit and yeah. who can't buy fruit. Right. And he's very like understanding of who that person is and maybe where they're coming from. So learning that from him mm-hmm. and then also putting it into like music and like knowing not everyone's going to be able to want to, not everyone can buy an album. Everyone yeah. can stream it. They can stream it for free uh, or they can do that. Or I can just send them a link. And like, yeah. if you know, you ain't got, if you don't have it now, you got me later. Like <laughs> if you're able to listen and share and support, that's cool. Like right. here is a free copy. Right. I got you. Hit me on Twitter if you need a copy. <laughs> um but then there's also people who, you know, are going to support you. Like the way I like to try to support my friends or buy chat uh buy the chat books or buy like the merch. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to expect it back, but then I just know who's going to want to support yeah. and know who really is like support financially or even support just, like vocally. Yeah. Know? So do you know how to grow food? I do, actually. I'm now learning more about that because I don't want... Someone can pull this up in 10 years. 10 years, I low-key want to own a store. Okay. I like. I just like been thinking about it recently. I want to own like a storefront, kind of like how Experimental Station is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I want to have like a storefront, and then like have after school programs within it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but then like get the food from that store from farmers around the city. You know, mm-hmm. like there's people like Growing Power 
yeah. uh, in Inglewood that grow like kale and chard and stuff like that. There's uh, there's actually a garden over by Diet mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Currency Exchange Cafe gets their kale from, yeah. which is really dope. Like it's this whole system as far as like food, like this food network. Yeah. Haha. Uh, um, it's this food network that really like goes like in a big circle around the city that no yeah. one really like tries to talk about or that no people one are, have working so hard to build too. Like right. and now we're at a point where it can kind of be like, it's kind of ready to go if, or it's getting there. It's interesting. So we were just in Detroit for, for a week for, for allied media conference. Right. And in many ways, like the, the way that we talk about divestment in Chicago they're like four steps ahead kind of how the rest of the country is right now. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see the choices that have been made there. At this moment, according to the person who was on the panel that I went to at AMC, <laughs> two thirds of the fruits and vegetables needed to feed the city of Detroit can be produced within the city's boundaries. That's nuts. Think about that. Wow. Think about if two thirds of, the, and obviously there are fewer people there, Yeah, but Think about it, if two thirds of all of the fruits and vegetables needed to feed the city of Chicago could be grown within the city. That's like a big step towards, and they're working towards 100%. Like that's yeah. the goal is to create this self contained food system that is one, an employer, two, keeps people healthy. I'm obviously getting very excited about this. Um, <laughs> but, but for you, you know, you talk about, you know, this vision of that store. I think this is kind of a cool moment because who knows, maybe 10 years from now we'll be talking about it. what does that store look like? Uh, it looks like. It looks like the, I don't want it to be like the poster child of like, here's how you end food deserts, but mm-hmm. I want it to be one example of it because, you know, like we always say Chicago's a food desert, which is true. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do have these options that we can help grow and manifest and build upon. Like mm-hmm. we can go from 15 markets that we do the link up program that we do to like 22 to 24 to like 30 plus. Like it's about uh the awareness of that as well like we know chicago has a food desert problem and we have solutions that we want to keep pushing onto people which is part of my outreach so i go to like senior centers uh senior centers up north or south i go to like try to go to like the park districts and go to the elementary schools and go to like other different places that we know people don't have that access and they have a link card so it's like yeah you may have to like travel a little bit but we have what you need and, and we we're it. working on how we can build it out too right as the next step i think i'm glad that we got that in there that's like super dope to me to think about that in relationship to all of this other community because when we talk about like you know dyn and all this digital stuff like putting that in conversation with how you know if we're talking about development of people yeah how do we put that kind of development in conversation with what they put in their body and make that that kind of holistic thing is like what i'm super geeked on right now so let's keep talking about that before we get out of here um you still down to do a song yes i am so i have these headphones for you so that you can hear the beat we won't be able to hear it up here but we'll put it in on the podcast <laughs> um what uh what, what song are we about to hear we are about to hear a song called Southside, which is where i am from produced by rashid hadi okay uh it's off the album soliloquy you can get it at my website uh j-o-r-g-e-m-i-k-e-l-l dot com georgemichael.com all right here's south side let's uh do, do your thing here let's do your thing do some radio stuff like you're welcome to whbk 88.5 air girl radio much love to daniel much love to man you did Damon. like jazz radio <laughs> this is air 
I swerve in the swim, smelling herbs in the wind. It's Saturday bird tweets, good words with a grand. It's high D beats and slick verbs in the blend. Put it in your white and red cup and lug it to your chin. You feeling good? Things popping like oils in the pan and whether on cue or out the blue. Everything's planned by higher power. Spread knowledge through your brains by the hour so in tune with a guitar like every string gems and you could roll with it. I'm Southside Chica. I put the go in it like swim, meat, stroke, clean. I put some flow in it. I'm introduced to the ceiling. You better know your limits so you can break barriers and put a hole in it, gold in it. Two-fold chrome tinted sight. Get classy. Get a Porsche with the horse in it. Sorry, young rap consumer fantasizing, tantalizing, recognizing Every hour that our kids are dying One time for Rakia, one time for Darion One time for Brother Michael till I carry on I'm missing home until I grab my carry on From the girls in Darion's to the courts where I'm playing ball So suit up and tie it up Hey, and if you small and let and if you straight edge vegan or north side vibing, I'll take you to a world that I'm from. I'm that finger licking. I 57 or some hair was chicken. Barbershop fade giving. Nights for the phase dipping. Why no sipping memories away? And a pint again, in spite the living. Still smile even when the sun shine. Me, I'm biking, hosting 9 5 Dan Ryan Shyrax, a real thing. Reality, we actually calm. Pre rush hour, Chris Tucker. Boys, louder than the thing they sell by the gas station. I rep the South. Side, south, side, south, side. Hey, where I roam round, roam round. Where it goes down, goes down. Now you know I rap the south. Side, south, side, south, side. Hey, where I roam round, roam round. Where I come round, come round. High Park, that's my south. Side, south, side, south, side. Inglewood, that's my south. Side, south. Side, south, side, wild honey, that's my south, side, south, side, south, side, hey, where I roam round, roam round, where it goes down, goes down, yeah. Hey, Southside, George Michael off of Soliloquy, we're about to get out of here, we have like 40 seconds left, I, we would be remiss if we did not ask, real quick, beef with an R&B singer of any era. Who are you starting beef with? R. Kelly, all eras, Tyrese, this era. Ooh, you had that just on Deckington. That was perfect. I'm a fan. I listened to y'all since you started, so I'm like, was ready. (laughs) Man, I appreciate you coming up here. Sorry I had to. I wasn't uh, at full strength, man. Appreciate you kids for holding it down. Always. That's why there's two of us. It's perfect. Thank you so (laughs) much for being here. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm still alive. <laughs> if he still has any of his teeth left in his mouth, shout out to the wisdom tooth pulling process. Uh, we'll be back next week with another strong young voice from Chicago and beyond. Peace. A mentorship to me is, you know, at its core is about love. Like you loving what you do enough for them to say brother mike is my mentor you know it's almost you know code for a few different things father best friend uh, you know somebody that's gonna push you to your limits